podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods, and you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com. Good morning, Miscreants. Uh, welcome back to the Miscreants on the Moon podcast. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded in the morning. Uh, I'm Jacob, and yawning on the other side of the video screen that I'm watching him on. Hayden. <laughs> and yeah, the en- I, who knows where the energy is going to be at this episode. We, we've had some episodes with some pretty heinous energy in the past, but... I have a plan to catch today for work, so we had to we had to wake up early and uh, and get this to you because we're not starving you of content. Uh, we we were a day late last week. Maybe we'll record. Maybe maybe I'll upload it a few hours early this week. Maybe you're getting this a little earlier than you usually get it. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> that being said, um, we do have to get straight into the movie that we're talking about today. Because I have places to be. <laughs> so, uh, you can probably tell by the title we're talking about uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Yeah. That's the name, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Because the first um, one was Into, and I think the last one's like Beyond or something. Okay, I couldn't remember if this was Beyond or Across. I I, I, I knew that those were the last two, but... Um, but yeah, we're just going to get straight into talking about that so that, you know, we don't spend too much time talking about how somebody said that Ezra Miller is the only person who can ever play the Flash from now on, which is baffling. Insane. But that's a problem for another day. (laughs) Um, so I watched both Spider-Verse movies yesterday. Um, when was the last time you'd seen the first one? Did you rewatch years. it for this or? Okay. No, I didn't. I forgot to. I mean, I also didn't look, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. So. I have it, so I just popped it in yesterday before I went. Um It's good. The first one is still very good. I like that I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> This overall just general thoughts. How did you feel about Across the Spider-Verse? I thought it was good. I don't know if I would say it was 100% as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely made more changes with the animation style in this. It, it's same but different. Yeah, like just completely more advanced. There are shots in it like that of like some of the animated characters that actually like look pretty real, just because of yeah. the way they did it. There's a lot more detail in it. Yeah, oh, exactly. for sure. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. What was I gonna say about it? Um, sorry. Morning brain. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, yeah, I remember now. It looks like a lot of it just like felt mocapped, but it probably wasn't. Because it looked like that natural for their movements sometimes. It's just, you know, with the frame rate they use for this movie. Yeah, like it, yeah. It looks jumpy, but it looks like actual movements. It looks pretty natural. Mm-hmm. So. I don't think any of this would be mocap. I think that a lot of this, it's like, it's simulating, they're not hand-drawing it, but it's simulating, like, a hand-drawn 
comic. A comic book panel. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's that. I, I, I mean, a lot of this might be hand-drawn. I don't really know. At least conceptually. And then they put it into the animation software. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, a lot of things about this movie took a step up from the first one. But I kind of agree with you. I think the first one is better, and I can't really talk about any of that until we get into the spoiler section, because for me, I think that the animation took a step up. The soundtrack, I don't think, is as good. It's not as... Catchy. Noticeable. Yeah. Like, I I was I was ignoring the songs more than I was, like enjoying them i guess Mm -hmm. but none of them were were hurting my enjoyment of the movie but um yeah i think i also this almost never happens to me but i did get a little swept up in the internet discourse around the movie (laughs) like in the in the couple days in the couple days between when it came out and when i saw it i i just saw so much about this um like i just saw so much about it being the best the best movie the best animated movie ever a perfect movie compared to the first one all this stuff and i was like usually i'm pretty good about just turning my brain off and not paying attention to that mm. but it, I, for some reason today, this this time, it just I kind of got swept up on it, and I was expecting like a five star movie. So when it came down to it, this movie is like four stars, but it still didn't quite meet my expectations, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so many things took a step up. the The first one. They were all in Miles Morales's universe, so they didn't have much that they could do with changing the environment and stuff mm. with this with the with the animation style they were using. They did it a little bit in the scenes where you know a new character would get introduced and they would do the whole like origin story thing that they do. Mm-hmm. So they were able to do a little bit with it there, but with this one. With the characters actually traveling to different universes. They were able to experiment with different animation styles and different environments. Um, and I think that that's really interesting. I, the one that I liked in particular was in Gwen Stacy's universe. How like it was kind of... It looked almost like a watercolor painting. Like mm. the environment that they were in. And how it changed to reflect the mood of the scene. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that that was... That was the biggest instance of that that I noticed. Where in the first one, you know, they would have distinct styles for all of the characters in the movie. With this one, they were able to play more with the environment, which I thought was really was mm-hmm. really cool. It was. Just the, the changing in different styles of, like, characters. Especially, like, when we first see that one vulture. The only vulture we see in the movie, you know? Yeah. A different universe. Yeah. He looks like he's made of papier-mâché. Almost. Mm-hmm. 
So I do think it's funny how they continue to use the hammer space concept and they give him that as a uh like as a tool i guess something that they brought up in the first one with spider ham i thought that was that was funny that was a funny callback which there are a, there's a lot going on visually in parts as well mm-hmm. which got not annoying but like a little bit overwhelming in parts if you've seen the trailer, you know that there's a point where they go to, like, Spider-Man headquarters, and there's a bunch of Spider-Man in it. There's just stuff going on. Like, I guess the point of it is, is that, like, you could watch those scenes a hundred times and notice something new each time. Yeah. But I did find it pretty distracting. There was a lot, and I felt like I was looking just for anything, like, cool in the background a lot of the time. It was exactly. hard to catch it something was, just because there's so much. Yeah. And it, in parts, it was distracting from the, like, the emotional weight of the scene as well, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There's one scene in particular that we'll talk about in spoilers where, like, a big emotional drop has just happened. But there's something, like, very... Very, like, noticeable in the background that just took, like, took me out of it completely. So... Mm-hmm. That's that's the issue with things like this where you're going to have you're going to put a lot of guys in a movie. And in hindsight, I forgot that there were going to be a lot of guys in this movie. So I naturally I forgot that lots of people really like movies that have a lot of people that they know in it so they can point at the screen and be like, "Oh my god, look who's here." You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so uh I think that is probably what boosted some people's ratings, you know. Mhm. Probably. But uh I I just on on a scale of things they put a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. I guess they I suppose they just did it to do it. I don't know if they'd had to put as many things in the background as they did. But it's what we got and I mean, there are people, like, there are Spider-Men to look at that are good throwbacks and stuff sometimes, but a lot of the time it's just random versions of him that yeah. I've never seen before, so. I mean, I think every version of, like, every version in the movie, it, it is cool that, like, they have a comic book counterpart or they have a, you know, something along those lines. They've been in a TV show, in a comic, in something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, is it, there's something for everyone in here. Like, there is there's a Spider-Man that you'll go to this movie and see, and there's probably going to be one or two that you recognize that, n- like, nobody else, maybe not nobody else, but most other people in the theater don't recognize. There's going to be a bunch that you don't recognize, but somebody else will. So it's it's cool the scale of how many spider people are involved in this thing that they're doing, but mm-hmm. um, it did get a little bit distracting in parts. That's fair. And if you thought three Sm- Spider-Man was enough in No Way Home, this one is uh, 
Think about like three thousand. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly, probably. I was gonna say three hundred, but there was a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I. But overall, even though there was a lot going on at points, I do think they still did a good job of kind of capturing different styles. We didn't get to see. Whenever these Spider-Man are dealing in combat, you're not really focusing on any particular one of them. So you don't get to really see... The first one was great because each character had a different animation style Mm -hmm. that that they used on them whenever they were in combat. Yeah. Whereas in this, we don't get to see that. We get to see a slightly different, you know character designs and, and, and styles of animation used on the character themselves, but there wasn't as much of that interesting differences in the action because we saw that with the fight that they had towards the beginning with the vulture that kind of kicks everything off. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, that's one thing that I really enjoyed from the first movie that with a higher volume of people from different dimensions you'd think you'd be getting more of that but really it, there's not much of it there's not much of it here honestly mm-hmm. I would agree uh, there's just a lot of the time when he's fighting during like the middle portion of the movie it's just him covered up in other spider people grabbing mm-hmm. him and it's like yeah. I know stuff's going on but it's hard to tell yeah which you've seen all that in the trailer the trip. The trailers also kind of give up a lot of what's going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll finish that thought in the spoiler section because there's something that I want to say about that. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Um, but uh, is there anything else visually you want to talk about? Because that's really all I wanted to say is that the environments and the character designs of the main character stepped up a lot but uh we didn't really get to see as much of that fun different differentiation between each character during their action sequences like we have before mm, I, w- I would agree um and i i do think that with the next movie it'll just be a lot it'll it, the, the next one's probably it should be better than this one just because yeah. it'll be the conclusion of this but I think the action scenes on that will be stepped up even more. I think they'll, this is like they'll keep improving the visuals of this with throughout the last movie too because mm-hmm. it's just a new way of animation and style of what they're doing and it's just great. And it's yeah. made other titles copy it. Like I mean look at the new Ninja Turtle movies coming new Ninja Turtle movie coming out, not movies. Mhm. And then put uh, what was it? Was it Puss in Boots? Was that the little, yeah. little Last Wish or something? Mm-hmm. They had some during like the action sequences. During the action sequences, yeah. I will say I I am being a little unfair. There is one portion of the movie um, where the 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 action 
is set up in a way where there's characters from four different universes there and they each fight in cool interesting different ways so Mm -hmm. i think it just isn't present as much as it was in the first one but there is there is one like 20 minute segment that that does it really nicely so Mm -hmm. i agree Yeah, um, and then soundtrack was, I don't really have much to say. I thought the score Sound was Sound design good. was. Mainly. Yeah. I didn't really notice any of the songs very much. I know there was like a remix of Sunflower, or a cover of it. Mm-hmm. I did too. Um, but I know Metro, Metro Boomin did the soundtrack, I think. I think so. Yeah, so it's, it just didn't, like when I think of, that first one there's a few songs that go hand in hand with a few scenes that like stick in my head mm-hmm. maybe that'll happen on a rewatch of this one um but I, it's just there's not it doesn't mesh as well and maybe it's because there aren't as many like big emotional moments or like emotional obstacles to overcome like there were in the first one Mm -hmm. those things are still there but they aren't as much of a focus yeah and those songs did a lot to elevate those scenes i feel like the music here wasn't elevating it wasn't detracting it was just adding to which is fine it's good we've we said that a lot on this is that like not noticing a soundtrack isn't good or bad it's like it's actually kind of good mm-hmm um, it's like, it's great when you notice a soundtrack in a positive way, but as long as you're not noticing it in a negative way, I think that's pretty good. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I did leave the theater with a headache. I don't know if it was too loud or not, but that could just be a theater thing. I think I had the same complaint My... with the last movie I saw. Yeah, you did say something was really loud. I forget what it was. Went to a different theater though. Huh. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe Maybe your ears are just getting sensitive. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) If anything, with with what you do for a living, they should be getting, like, less sensitive, right? Yeah. Shouldn't they be undergoing hearing loss? (laughs) I do have some in my right ear, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, I have a little little bit, too. It's rough. Yeah. I have tinnitus that comes and goes. (laughs) Rough. Gross. Uh, that, that's gonna be <laughs> annoying. It is. I get it in my left ear pretty often, and it. One time, uh, recently, my dog barked in my right ear, and it came for a little bit for well, not for a, for like a day. You're like, oh no! But it, it's it's gone again. But it the the seal has been opened, so I feel like the right ear is gonna start having it too. <laughs> I'm just I've I've resigned to the fact that it's just gonna happen. I'm just gonna have it. Yeah, there's not much you can do for your ears, I don't think. Yeah, hopefully they're the same pitch. (sighs) Or at least pitches that go together. Yeah, that harmonize, not... (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I just, I would hate to have it just grate on me forever. like a C sharp, and it would just be like... Yeah. Uh, No, (laughs) that'd be awful. I don't want to, I don't want to think about that anymore. (laughs) Let's move on to spoilers. Uh, Overall, I thought this movie was... A very good movie. Um, yeah. You should go see it if you haven't. Uh, 
Yeah, I can't really think of a reason not to see it. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd watch the first one first. I went with a bunch of people and two of them hadn't seen the first one. Yeah. Which they have a habit of doing this. Uh, one of those people I went to see f- is the person I went to see Fast X with who hadn't seen any of the others. <laughs> I guess I guess now that now that she works with us, her and her fiance just want to go see movies, but they haven't seen a lot of movies, so they're just seeing the ones in the theater with us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we leave, they're like, "Oh, I want to watch the other ones." And I was like, "You haven't." You haven't seen them? The first 30 minutes of this is going to be very confusing if you haven't seen the first yeah. the first one. Um, the first one's not even that long. I mean, like... It's like I, an hour and 45. I know it didn't do amazing, at, like, in the theaters, like, box office-wise, but it did good. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I think... Yeah, I think they're both definitely worth a watch. I'm really yeah. looking forward to what they're doing next. Um, yeah, I do think that the third movie in this trilogy could be the best one. So, I do. Have if a, they capitalize on everything they've set up, mm-hmm. I I think it will be. Yeah. But that's a big if these days. That's a big if ever. Like, yeah. There's been so many trilogies that have set up things perfectly and then just kind of get it. Kind of. I, f- I feel like the I have trust in these guys. Weren't these? Oh, but it's also it's also Sony though. Supposed to make what were the creators of these movies supposed to make? Solo, a, they were I think. Solo, and they they were attached to another project that I was I recognized too. I don't remember what it was. But I don't remember. They dropped out of something to do this, or they got fired from something, and they did this instead. I'm glad they did. Not this movie in particular, but this series. I think. Yeah, yeah. When they got fired from Solo, they went and made this. Yep. So. Uh yeah no I think I think it's worth the watch. But we're about to get into the spoilers. If you haven't seen it, I would go see it first. Um, but if you have seen it or if you don't care about spoilers, uh, here we go. We're gonna start talking about the plot. This, I'm gonna finish my thought from earlier before we go. That's fine. <laughs> or not before we go. This is a spoiler. So the reason that this movie isn't as good as the first one in my opinion is the first one tells a complete story and Mm. this one doesn't like at all yeah it very much suffers from middle movie in a trilogy syndrome but not even just that like to a greater extent it it suffers from wanting to end on a cliffhanger as well Mm. You can be the middle movie in a trilogy and still be great. You can still set up a lot of stuff that has to pay off later. But you can also tell a complete story within that movie. This one sets up a lot of really cool stuff that I think could have some big payoff later. But it doesn't tell a complete story. Like I'm not sure if you agree or disagree. I just... You can end on a cliffhanger and still tell mm. a complete story. Uh, it's just, that's the one thing that this is lacking. I don't think it stands on its own. I don't think it does either. It takes too much context, I think, from the first one. And then it would take a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, like it, it takes a lot away from it if you don't watch the, th- when the, like the third one whenever it will release. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, I think it, it might have been a ahead. little too ambitious. They used a lot of time. Just showing random Spider-Man and like a chase scene that lasted like ten minutes, which is fine. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
uh, but they just didn't hone in as much as they could have mm-hmm. on like the main characters, like the main Spider people. Yeah. Um, but they they tried to put like a even more human element into it for the the two Spider like uh, Miles Morales Spider Man and then Gwen Stacy's Spider Woman. Um, yeah. They put a lot of focus on their emotional side and their relationship with their parents, which is good. I mean, they could have put more in it probably it felt like the the transition from miles like with his parents he just it happened really quick to me because like over the span of like a day he was like oh i gotta give up everything get away from these guys yeah they're not right i don't like any of them which i mean that's fair the what, what happened is fair the way he reacted is very fair i, I can't say he did anything wrong. He definitely didn't. Um, I mean, it's like he kind of once. Are, are you talking about when he comes back from like the spider city or whatever? Like well, the reason he's trying to leave and everything. Yeah. 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 So when I mean, when Gwen tells him about this team. He really wants to join because he's kind of tired of being alone the whole reason that he wants to go to to um princeton and work on uh quantum physics like he's talked about is so that he can travel dimensions to see his friends again and to feel like he's not so alone and he finds out that this is out there Mm. and you know once he gets there to find out that they've been excluding him from this for like a year and a half is how long he'd been spider-man well yeah i'm not yeah yeah it it had been over a year but also i for the reasons that they're doing it seem a little arbitrary Mm -hmm. but i'll get to that in a minute and and to find out that like the people who he thought were his friends, like Gwen and uh, the Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, mm-hmm. had kind of planned to to exclude him. And then now that he's here, to kind of trap him and make sure he can't try to change his dad's fate and stuff like that. It just, um, it seems to have, like, to realize that everything you want is there. And then to realize that it's not what you thought it would be and not really what you wanted. And to have that come crashing down so quickly. I could see how he would come to that realization that like, okay, Mm. maybe my parents were right. He's also 15. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's very much, you know, he's trying to go out on his own. He thinks he knows what he wants, but he's still at that age where it's like, if you come up against some resistance in a direction where your parents said that you didn't want to go, you might still have that trust or you might not have the faith in yourself to keep going or however that works. I could see him turning back around that quickly because at the beginning, like you said, he he's wanting to go off on his own and his parents are kind of holding back on it. Or his mother is at least. His dad seems more supportive of him 
from mm-hmm. that side of things, from like the going to Princeton side of things. Yeah. Um. But maybe not in some other areas. Uh. So yeah, I could I could kind of see that I, it made sense to me, especially with like the age and the stage of life that Miles is in, mm-hmm. and just the absolute extremity of the situation that he used as a not even as a metaphor because that's really what he wanted the whole reason that his aspiration was to do the quantum physics and to do that interdimensional research like he wanted was to get back to his friends and then he realizes that it's all there Mm. but it's but in reality it kind of isn't it's not perfect like he thought it was going to be. Yeah. Not even that it's not perfect. It's not even a positive thing. It's like... This whole Spider City thing operates in a weird area. Like a weird gray area mm. of... It's one of those things where they're trying to make... They're trying to make you sit down and watch this movie and be like... I see where Miguel is coming from. Mm-hmm. And make you want to side with them. I don't think it executes that well. How did you feel about that specifically? They didn't bring out like enough emotional background for him. I think for people to really feel the weight of like what happens whenever the universe, is, like whenever like a world gets untangled from their spider web, um, like the yeah. theoretical spider web that connects all Spider Man, um, but. Mm-hmm. They, they showed it a little bit with him interacting with a different Miguel O'Hara's kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that just makes it a little bit weirder. They should have just made it his kids to begin with. Well, the whole thing... Like, he caused the incursion, or whatever it's called in this. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing about this is that, like, this Miguel was in a universe where he is Spider-Man and, like... He doesn't get to have that side of life. And then this other universe, there Miguel had died. So he wanted to go take its place and be happy. Which isn't a one-to-one of what Miles is trying to do. He's trying to go be a part of something. Mm-hmm. But by being a part of it, like he might change things. Mm-hmm. Um, which he does. We see that earlier in the movie. And... They just really speed through that section of Miguel's life. They they don't do much to humanize him. They really try to speed run that humanization of that character mm-hmm. to try to make him more relatable and more of a gray character rather than an antagonist. Yeah. Which I'm sure by the end of it, he's going to be a good guy. I don't think he's going to be against miles the whole time i think they'll come to an understanding in the next one yeah probably but yeah they just didn't give us enough to make me think i could see what they were trying to do they wanted to make him one of those villains that it's hard to root against or a villain that it's easy to root for you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i just don't think they got there with what they gave us yeah it was just kind of forced yeah uh, but I could have been much worse, I think. I mean, but mm-hmm. they they really should have touched more on it. Like, it, they 
I don't want to say they should have touched more on it and like put more scenes of it in, like because there was a lot of scenes in this. Maybe cut out a couple scenes out of the chase scene to just show more yeah. footage of him interacting with his kids or his family from that universe. You know, but maybe not even that. But you could do the same amount of time on it. Just do it in a different situation. Don't have him like yelling about it while he lectures Miles. Yeah. Maybe have him talking to um, the Spider Woman that he works closely with, or mm. even like the Peter B. Parker Spider Man. Like, have him talking to one of those people in a more emotional sense, mm. rather than him throwing it in somebody's face. I feel like that would have made him more of that sympathetic villain that I think they were going for. Yeah, I think so. Because they kind of tried to make two sympathetic villains in this movie, and I don't think they got there with either of them. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the spot for a bit. Okay. How did How did you feel about him as a villain he's obviously going to be a much bigger player in the next one mm. he kind of disappears for the second half of this movie yeah he does um i liked his fight scenes i thought they were cool the way that like they yeah, fought each no, other that's... but yeah he's just a big old weird guy he's like i'm your arch nemesis Mm-hmm. we're bound to do this forever batman <laughs> yeah they tried to go a little jamie fox electro almost <laughs> it, maybe not not in the sense <clears throat> not in the sense of uh of him you know looking up the spider-man and stuff but when they were talking to each other at the beginning, when he was trying, when the spot was trying to rob the ATM, mm. I it, they were trying to go for that dynamic. I think yeah. of like, oh, I really like care about you noticing me, and then Spider Man's like, I don't think about you at all. Essentially, mm. it's kind of that it's like that I didn't dynamic. Even know you existed, <laughs> yeah. So. And then, I, I guess that is why he eventually goes off. I mean, he discovers his true power because instead of, you know, capturing him and putting him away, Spider-Man does, like, let him kick... The spot kicks himself into himself mm -hmm. and finds out that he can travel dimensions. <laughs> um... He, they do like they do a lot of setup with this character and then he just disappears for the second half which is i kind of thought this was going to end on a cliffhanger mm -hmm. i saw that it would i just didn't okay. know how yeah because originally this was labeled as like a part one part two type thing mm -hmm. so i thought it was going to end in a cliffhanger but then once he disappeared and just wasn't around and I looked at my watch and I was like, okay, there's 30 minutes left of the movie. They're not going to bring him back, probably. Yeah. 
I was like, this is going to end on a cliffhanger for sure. And it did. Um, so, I just thought that was... They're trying to make him a sympathetic villain in the sense that, like... He was already working for the evil corporation. He's mm. the guy that Spider-Man hits with a bagel <laughs> on the way out. But like, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was. He was one of the people shooting it. Miles and Peter when they were escaping that uh, that lab mm-hmm. that Olivia Octavius worked in. Um, yeah. So he was already a villain, but they tried to make him just into some guy that you can be sad for because Spider-Man turned him into this monster. But like the reason that he was there at the reactor or at the... Um, what is it? The accelerator or whatever. The, the thing that opened up the dimension door mm. in the first movie. The reason he was there was because he was a villain doing villainous things. Yeah. So you lose the sympathy on that level. He does mention that like his family won't look at him and stuff anymore. It's just... They kind of... The way they deliver these lines that are trying to make us feel sympathetic towards these villains... Made it feel like a joke. I just... With the spot, it felt like a joke, and with Miguel, it it felt kind of did the opposite for me. Where it, it it felt like it made me angry at him the way that he was using this situation and like all of the lives that he destroyed, destroyed. Yeah, like how he was throwing it in someone's face because they saved someone and they didn't even know what they were doing. Like they didn't mm-hmm. know it was a bad thing. Yeah. Um, when he saved uh, the captain in um, in the I forget the city name. It's uh, when they were in India. Yeah. With oh, um, that Spider Man. Moon Batten or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. When they were there, uh, he saves that universe's Spider Man's like captain, which apparently every Spider Man ever has to have a captain in their life die <laughs> or it breaks the canon. I hated how they called it the canon. It that kind of got on my nerves. Yeah. It's just <laughs> um, the same thing. What what did they call it in Loki? Nexus event. Yeah, something like that. Just like important things that have to happen. It can't happen mm-hmm. on any other way. Yeah. But those are if you look at the big web that all of the different dimensions reside in the little nodes where a bunch of different webs connect. Those are the canon events. And one of the canon events is like losing, um, losing a captain that you had beef with, but then you fight together for some reason. And (laughs) now they're dead and you're sad about it. That's a thing. And he robbed that universe's Spider-Man of that experience um there's like losing a role model which like for Gwen Stacy was her universe's Peter Parker Uncle Ben, Uncle Aaron, people mm-hmm. like that. And then there's other stuff like that where it's like later on Peter Peter B Parker tells Miles that like it can be good and bad things, but they only show the bad things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no, it's that the way that they talked about that, 
This was also one of the scenes that I got the most distracted in, which we'll we'll talk about that in our cameo corner a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he didn't know about it, I don't know why they're like blaming him for it, because it seems like the imp- like the implications of this one thing happening um, aren't catastrophic. Yeah, because he saved one. Yeah, I and I don't think that it's like, I think that Miguel is doing some projecting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but then we also do find out that Miles isn't just gonna sit back and let his dad die, who he assumes is the captain in his life that's gonna die because his dad is about to make captain. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that that stuff is where it kind of gets a. The plot kind of gets a bit convoluted almost. Yeah. And feels like there's going to be some payoff later, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Because it was a lot of setup and then it kind of didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. So. But, yeah, with the spot specifically, I thought that when they were fighting him, the what they did with the dimensional holes and stuff and like how Spider-Man had to adapt to defeat him. I thought all of that was really interesting. How like there's one point when he shoots a web and the spot opens up a door in front of him. And then Spider-Man uses that to latch onto something and pull it through and hit the spot with it. Like things like that, I think are ways that they really make those scenes more interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And just it just provides opportunities for quips too, which yeah, of course both of them, even the spot he was just a a little nerdy guy. It's like yeah, I'm your arch nemesis. We're we're gonna fight. I'm gonna make you see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then, then now it's like, I'm kind of afraid that they're gonna lose some of that now that the character is like all powerful not all powerful but like a lot more powerful yeah he's like um, death destroyer of the worlds now yeah yeah because he now he's like one big spot almost <laughs> is what his design looks like he got he he added more spots by going and getting more dark matter from these different accelerators that they used um and eventually they they couldn't stop him from getting the last one and he sounds different, and I hope they don't just make him deadpan and serious. Mm-hmm. I hope that he still has that kind of little bit of a sense of humor that he had. Yeah. Because that dynamic... It's always more interesting when Spider-Man is quipping to a villain and they kind of quip back. I always think that's <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, he's like, oh, you missed. And then he yeah. pulls a big pile of wreckage on top of the spot through a hole. Mm-hmm. And I hope they don't lose that in the next one. But they may. Who knows? Maybe they'll just make it super cringe, Lord. Because <laughs> that's, that's what this character feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Is there anything else plot-specific you want to talk about before we get into the, the, the big twist? I don't think so. So, after... They go on the chase scene. Eventually, Miguel 
kind of corners um, corners Miles and tells him that the spider that bit him was brought over from another universe. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man. Um, him getting bitten by the spider rob not only did it rob another universe of a spider-man it directly led to his universe's peter parker getting killed Mm -hmm. because i guess each universe is only allowed to have one spider-man i guess so. it seems um so i i guess that's kind of what they're going for with that Mm -hmm. um but he calls him the original anomaly, and that's kind of the most emotion that we see in like a fight scene that's similar to some of the stuff that we saw Miles overcome in the first one. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he gets away and he goes back uh, in the little Spider-Man headquarters. Uh, so Miles' plan was to draw them all away, and Miguel sent everyone after him, so... All the Spider-Men are out of the headquarters. He ends up getting back. They have a machine that scans people's DNA and sends them back to their original universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it scans his DNA. And it sends him back home, he thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> uh, Gwen Stacy also gets sent back to her universe, but the punk rock Spider-Man has left her an interdimensional bracelet that he made. Yeah. Which that character is a lot of fun. I do like, I think, I think he'll be more important in the next one, but, um, he does kind of, once he sees how they're treating, he's very anti-establishment and stuff, Mm -hmm. but once he sees how they're treating miles, he's like, he helps him get out kind of he doesn't really help him get out he like tells him to use his powers to get out and then he quits and leaves yeah. and then he goes and leaves like the interdimensional bracelet for Gwen to find mm-hmm. and um so she goes back to Miles's real like his universe tries to find him and there's a scene that's kind of running in parallel where she is sitting on the window so you think listen, listening to something and Miles is in the room talking to his mom. Eventually he's like, or she's like, he's like, I'm Spider-Man. And she's like, who is Spider-Man? Is this like your comic on costume or whatever? And he's really confused. Mm-hmm. He goes downstairs and uncle Aaron is still alive. He comes in and is giving, um, Miles' mother some money and things like that. Gwen goes inside and Miles isn't there. And he and she talks to his parents. And then she's like, he's gone, but I'm going to go find him. Um, And then we find out that the big twist is that in the universe that um, Miles is currently in, New York is kind of a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Because in the first one, a bunch of the Spider-Men said that, like, oh, I'm the only thing standing between New York and chaos. This shows, I guess, what New York would be like without a Spider-Man. Uh, he gets knocked out and captured. It turns out that, because he calls 
his uncle Aaron the prowler, but he's like, I'm not the prowler. And then it cuts to um, Miles, this Earth universe is Miles, Miles, who, yeah. yeah, who is the prowler. So, and that's kind of where it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you all, well, we also see that uh, Gwen Stacy has kind of assembled a team. Um, it's just the spider people has, from the first movie, pretty much, plus plus somebody, the the Indian Spider Man. Yeah, and then the and the punk rock one as well. Heard, I didn't know if I saw him there or not. I don't want to mention him, yeah. but I do like Hobie. Yeah, Hobie. Yeah, they're both they're both there, plus all the original ones. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. I I think if this still could have been a good twist, but they could have given us a bit more of a contained story for this one. But, you know, you can't have it all. And to see why we couldn't have it all, are you ready for our cameo corner? (laughs) Lists all of the Spider-Man. Yeah, list... Not all of them. But some of them. There were there were two cameos I liked that I really liked a lot. Okay. Uh, but if you you go you want to go with the list first, and I just I could just say which ones I liked. I don't have a list. I was just gonna say a few. I'm not gonna list them all okay. because there's so many. Uh, well, one thing we did forget is that Miguel, uh, Miguel and Spider Woman, which they, um. Also, that Spider Woman is pregnant the whole time, but she's flipping around and stuff. Like, imagine being the, that baby in there, Crazy. just getting thrown around all the time. Yeah. Maybe that baby will grow up to be an acrobat. Maybe, like Spider Man. But that's, but that's nuts. She also rides a motorcycle, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Th- does she ever use webs, or did the webs come out of her bike? I don't remember. I don't remember if I'll be honest. She didn't have much to do action-wise in this one, mm-hmm. other than that first scene she was in. I think she'll have more to do in the next one. I really like that character. I think it's interesting. I think that she will flip first. I think she's she the too. reason she convinces Miguel to let Gwen come back with them and things like that. Mm-hmm. She does scold Gwen a lot throughout this movie, throughout the plot of this, for messing up and going to see Miles and all this stuff. I do think she's getting to be more sympathetic towards the situation, though. Mm-hmm. But we'll see where that goes. Um, but the two of them take Andy Sandberg as the Scarlet Spider, <laughs> which is a weird portrayal of that character. He's a grunge but lord. But it's also... What was that? He's a grunge lord. Yeah. But it's also fun. Um, he, the, the three of them are off... I think they're also in Miles's like actual universe looking for him, but he's not there. Mm-hmm. So that's where they end up as well. So everyone is kind of looking for Miles by the end of this, whereas he's captured by this alternate version of himself and his uncle mm-hmm. um, in this other universe. Some of the cameos that I saw. Uh, we see the animated guy from the Spectacular Spider-Man TV show, the one that got canceled so that Drake Bell could voice Spider-Man. He's in it for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we see 
the Insomniac video game Spider Man. I like how they we see this put like a label next to his too, so we like they we would know that officially is him. Yeah, I'm glad he was in it, but yeah, he better remember it in the next game. <laughs> That'll be funny if he brings it up. They bring up Doctor Strange and Tom Holland because they did some interdimensional stuff in the last one. Yep. Um, we get Donald Glover as the Prowler, My so that kind one. of that kind of I guess confirms the theory that I don't think it was really a theory. I think he was listed as like Aaron Davis. Yeah. In the credits of Homecoming, but when he says I've got a I've got a nephew that lives in Brooklyn, he's talking about Miles. Um, we got Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Very distracting cameos. We got Lego Spider-Man. The, which... the Lego portion. There was a, a guy that made recreations of the trailers in Legos. They got the same guy yeah. that did those to do that whole portion, I think. Or at least, That's you know, cool. do it, have other people help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, they they got a guy. I, I read about that yesterday. I was like, that's kind of crazy. And I, I assume mm-hmm. that's something that would happen because it was either that or... Did these guys do the Lego movie too? No, I don't think so. Probably not. Different companies, so I doubt it. Yeah, but it was... I liked that portion of it. Yeah. So no, I... You I, were the I, best I, of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we see struggling to remember now if there's any others that are like significant you know we see um there's a car forget what his technical name is could just be peter park or peter park <laughs> yeah. um we see like the t-rex spider-man which yeah. is a thing it's been a thing before in something Maybe Spider-Man is a T-Rex and like the what if animals thing. I um, Now that I'm saying it, I'm less certain that this is actually there's a cat a thing in the comics. There is a cat. Um there's a bunch. Yeah, too many to name. <laughs> Way too many to name. Which ones did Tell me which ones you liked and I'll tell you which ones I didn't like. Oh, it's the Insomniac and then the Donald Glover. Okay. Yeah, I Donald Glover was fine. It was off-putting that he was live action, but I get it. I get it because they want to they want to keep everyone in like their original animation style, which in his case would be no animation style. Mm-hmm. What I liked less was when they went back to that well with with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Um, we just had scenes from the movies playing on in the background. Yeah, it was very distracting in those scenes where they're doing a lot of like lore dumping. Mm-hmm. And I get why they're doing it. They're doing it so that people can point at the screen and be like, oh my god, look. There they are. They wanted to get the No Way Home effect. That movie made a billion dollars, even though it was a pretty shitty movie, but they had the other spider fellas in it. The movie wasn't that shitty. It's th- No Way Home did the same thing that Joker did, 
for me were like I left them and I was like that was an alright movie and then like people were just like this is the greatest movie of all time and it just Kills made it. me hate it yeah Joker's still in like way too many people's top 15 movies of all time it's not it's just Taxi Driver yeah it's not as good <laughs> but people yeah <laughs> whatever besides the point um, I guess but yeah, it, it just, it, it feels out of place, especially because they're just giving us flashes of everyone else. You know, they go through the scene of like, everybody loses a close friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. They flash by, you see like Gwen Stacy, like her picture moving by and stuff. Um... But then it zooms in on Andrew Garfield's face and, like, him crying, that scene from the movie. And it's like, I wish you'd given that emotional moment to someone who was actually in the movie instead of just being like, here's a clip from an old movie we made. (laughs) And then, yeah, you see, like, when they're talking about everyone has a role model die, like an Uncle Ben. Yeah. And they show Tobey Maguire in the same way. They just show that clip from the movie from a few different angles, taking up the... In- they they showed many, like, canon event screens, and it's, like, one big thing in the middle with, like, six little things surrounding it. Yep. Every other one, each of the different little pictures was of a different universe, but for this one, I think, like, half of them were just the Uncle Ben death from the first Spider-Man movie from different <laughs> angles. Yep. I thought that was weird. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, those were a bit distracting. I think it would have worked better if in-universe they'd been given something to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Donald Glover cameo didn't bother me as much because they were like, oh, he was brought into a different dimension and we're sending him back. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes more sense. But just, like, literally putting a little short video up on, like, a hologram screen like they did, that feels cheap to me, I think. It's, like, a cheap cameo that I think they were hoping that the word would get out there that, oh, my God, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie. We have to go see it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I would rather them have maybe, like... If you had had Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in that big clump of Spider-Man, like running after Spider-Man running after Miles at one point, mm-hmm. that would have been a better cameo for those characters, I think, than than what we did get. But th- that's just me. Yeah, I'd agree, probably. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we did not even scratch the surface of how many cameos there were. There's a lot more. Yeah, especially if you know your Spider-Man. Yeah, I just don't have time because I do have a flight to catch. <laughs> that being said, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this movie? I think that's it. I'll be All honest. Right. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. Um, I did get swept up in the in the online stuff, so my expectations were higher, and they didn't quite get met, but it was close. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what they do next, and we don't have to wait long. It comes out in March. The next one does? So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, not even a year. Like, nine months. I think them going from project back to back like that's probably a good thing. So Yeah, I heard they filmed these at the same time. So, Lord of the Rings style. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I made that joke yesterday after the movie when I told someone else that <laughs> that they that they were coming out with this next one in March. Dude no, but it's in a room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I think I think that this next one has the potential to be an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. One thing I did forget to mention is that Mayday Parker, who is Peter and Mary Jane's kid, mm-hmm. is with Peter B. Parker at the end. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know why he takes her this time. Yeah. No, no, either. But I hope she does something. She does seem very observant. Yeah. For, Was for... It? She's very observant and very agile. <laughs> and she has a little web shooter. Yeah. So I hope she like I hope she's the one that kills the spot. <laughs> she's just gonna fire a my... web and it's gonna kill him. Yeah. That's my big prediction. She's gonna shoot it into a black hole that leads to his windpipe and then he's cooked. And Peter B. Parker's um... gonna be like, I told you I'm a good mentor. <laughs> yeah, no, I that was one good emotional. That, that was another good emotional mo- moment. Um, I will say is when he's talking to Miles and he's like, "You're the reason that I had a kid." Yeah. Like, mentoring you for that day and a half like made me think that maybe I can make something that is as good as you, and you're a great person, and all this stuff. And then, of course, Miguel ruins the moment by being like. We've tracked your location on speaker, like not even trying to be secretive with it. I don't know if that was Peter B. Parker's plan. I hope it wasn't. Yeah. I hope that that was like a genuine moment, but I I guess we'll see more about that in the next. He's obviously turned, it seems, and is against Miguel now at this point. So, Yeah, that'd be crazy. I, I think the next one will be good, though. I'm looking forward to it. I hope so. But uh, <laughs> we'll be back in March. What are we talking about next week? I don't know. Transformers is out the week after that, I think. Oh, my God. Gross. No. Well. We'll figure it out. I think that's all we've... Yeah. That's all we've got for today. Um, it's too early to figure out what we're going to talk about next week. So, <laughs> we'll, uh, you can tell by the title of next week's episode what that is. Um, as always... Uh, go ahead and leave a like, rating, or review on whatever you're listening to us on. And if you enjoyed the show, tell a friend That's uh, if you think they'd like it. So that'd be nice. But that's all we've got for today. And uh, as always, thwip you later. That was a very disappointed look I just got. This podcast is presented by Miscreant Records. You can find us on Twitter at Miscreant Pods. And you can also email us at miscreantrecordspod at gmail.com.